Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. I don't say that because uh, of all the places he's taken me to eat. <laughs> Man, that's sinful. We'll repent later. But I say that because I have, I have been around some of the finest men in the country, uh, literally. I've, I've coached 11 guys that play in the NFL and several that play in the NBA. I've been around some great men, great men. But there's a difference in being a great man and being a great man of God. And I can tell you that your pastor is one of the finest men of God I have ever in my life been around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And his wife, where'd your wife go? His wife and his kids, and I'm telling you, everybody here have been so wonderful and uh, how they've treated me and taken care of me and fed me. And uh, it, it's been great. How much time do I have? Mm. That's a pastor's time. Well, I, 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 I so appreciate it. Amanda, where's Amanda? What y'all do, all leave? Amanda asked me last night, Pastor Larry, what do, you, what do you like to eat? And I said, I'm a protein guy. And uh, Lord, help us. Then she brought in an omelet. It looked like a sponge cake. <laughs> and I didn't know whether to get a shovel, a jackhammer. I didn't know how to start eating that thing. Uh, so I just so appreciate everybody and how you've welcomed me. Well, I had a message prepared and uh, that's a great thing about God. Uh, he'll always mess up your plan so that you can get with his plan. And uh, it was all nice and deep, uh, 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 typed in 16th font and all caps so I could see it. It's amazing. The older I get, the wiser I get, but other things start disappearing. And uh, so there's a trade-off for wisdom. But uh, last night the Lord interrupted my thoughts and and put a word in, in my heart, and I believe absolutely it is a word for this church in this season and this hour. So don't take to heart what I believe the Lord wants to say to you today uh, and say to us today um, on your birthday because God's got a purpose that's bigger than you and I and pastor probably realizes in Miami, Florida. Well, I'm glad that three of us got it. I said, God's got a purpose for this church and for the planning of the Lord that's bigger in Miami than probably you really grasp. In Romans, the first chapter, uh, the scripture says this, the apostle Paul talking and he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. 
I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Well, it's amazing how in the church today in America, uh, we have this idea and we communicate that what, what the church needs because where we are today is we need more power. We need the power, more power in the church. Let me tell you, you can't get any more power in the church than it, than it is available to us right now. God said, I'm all powerful. And so you can't get more than you already have. You say, well, how do I know that? Because the power of God exists very simply in this. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. We don't need more power. What we need is more gospel because in the gospel is the power of God. If you want to experience the power of God, then what you need is the word of God, the gospel of God. The gospel is good news. It's good tidings. To a man that's sick, good news is Jesus came to set the captive free, to heal, to deliver. Am I, am I talking to people here today? To a man that's in bondage, he said, I came to break open the prison doors. To a man or woman who is experiencing marriage failures, Jesus said, I am the, re, the rebuilder of the breach. I'm, I put back together that that's broken down. We don't need more power. What we need is more gospel because the gospel is the word of the living God. He said in Hebrews, my word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You're gonna find out I'm not a teacher and I'm not a very good pastor. I'm a preacher. <laughs> a woman in the church where I'm at said, my wife got in a, got in a car and, and this when we first got there and and uh, they're, they're going to do one of those ladies' things. You know, sometimes those things can be dangerous. And so my wife and these other women are riding down the road, and this woman says, you know, uh, I don't really care much for Pastor Larry, all those that emotional antics that he's involved in. My wife's sitting right there. And she doesn't know that's my wife. It's dangerous sometimes to open your mouth very wide. The Bible says, he that openeth wide his mouth, it gets you in trouble. And so this woman kept on about, you know, Pastor Larry, he's so emotional when he preached. Why don't he just stand there and talk to us? Well, the, the prophet of God said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Now, I don't know if you've been on fire lately, but fire doesn't make you just stand still and, you know, kind of relax. And my wife let her go on and finally this other woman's trying to inter interrupt this woman and tell her, hey, that's her husband. And my wife said, oh, don't worry about it. He gets emotional at the house sometimes. So <laughs> it's all right. But I'm telling you, yeah, that's the coach in me. <laughs> that, this Now you're in trouble. <laughs> the leash is off. 
So what we need today, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We need people in the body of Christ today and in the church that are not ashamed of who they are, that are not afraid to declare who they are. We are so interested in making people comfortable in the world today that we have diluted the gospel and then wonder why the power of God is not available and does not exist in our life. You do not and I do not get the right to choose what we dilute and what we do away with and who we make comfortable. Jesus did not say, I came to make you feel comfortable. Jesus said, I came, and when I came, I came with a sword. Now, I don't know if you've been struck with a sword lately, but it will make you feel uncomfortable. What we need today in Miami, Florida, is a people that are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is good news. The gospel produces power. It's the gospel, the word of the living God, that we need today in Miami, Florida. It's interesting as I was reading this, the Lord took me back to when David was anointed king over in Chronicles. And it's interesting, David does exactly what so many of us do. You see, the ark of God had been taken the ark of God symbolized and was the power and presence and glory of the Lord. And there was a specific way that God intended for the power and the presence and the glory of the Lord to be handled. Let me say this to you. God's no different now than he was when he told David how to handle the presence and the glory of God. I said God's no different today than he was when he told David how to handle the glory of the presence of the Lord. I told a group of people not long ago, I've got a six-year-old. I look pretty good for having a six-year-old on her. My wife and I have raised between 75 and 100 children. And we've got this little six-year-old. And when we got ready to adopt him, he was two. And uh, my wife said, honey, you're going to be retired when he graduates from high school. I said, he won't know that. <laughs> and Matthew is a, he is a, he's a fireball. He's, he, he, he's got lots and lots of energy. But see, Matthew knows something. Matthew knows when we go in the house of the Lord, that it's not just a house, that it's not some place that he can take off and just run around and act like a fool. He knows that. He knows that. And the reason he knows that is because the first time he did it and he got on that platform dancing around acting crazy and I got a hold of him, he knew. You don't do that. And I watch children today as their parents turn them loose and they just run all over the church acting crazy up on the platform. I know I may be meddling right now, but I do that well. There's an anointing on my life to meddle and agitate. 
<laughs> I said, I said, folks, let me tell you something. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. It is my responsibility to help Matthew understand that this is still a house of prayer. And it's still a place where I come to, to, to meet with God. God told Moses, look, when you meet with me, go to the mercy seat and meet with me between the cherubims and there you'll find me. It was the place of mercy and it was the place of grace, but it was also the place of his holiness, the place of the glory of God. And he said, there is where I'll meet with you. God still wants to meet with us, but he wants to meet with us on his terms. We want to help people meet with God on our terms. You don't have any terms. I don't have any. Nobody, I didn't send anybody to die for Jesus. Jesus went to die for me. I've got to meet with him on his terms, on God's terms. He'll meet with me, but on his terms. And so he said, when you meet with me, meet with me on my terms. We tried to make it easy for people. We want people to feel comfortable. Just come and feel comfortable. And so we've quit preaching a message of truth, and now we preach a message of comfort in the American church. I'm, I'm talking to people. We want people to feel it's okay. It's all right. Let me help you. It's not okay and it's not all right. When I get before God, I've got to come to God on his terms. And when I come on his terms, he'll meet with me and he'll take care of me and he'll touch me, but I've got to honor him as God and recognize he is God. He is God. And besides him, there is no other. We need to stop trying to make people just feel, just feel I want you to feel comfortable. I was not born to be politically correct. <laughs> God did not make Larry Harvey to be politically correct. I am terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. Because you cannot be politically correct and biblically correct. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. When Paul went into the different cities and they tried to make Paul be politically correct, he said, look, I've been politically correct and I ruled. I'd rather prison and be biblically correct and know and understand the power of the gospel than I had be politically correct and sit on a throne. To be biblically correct and to know the power of the gospel is to know the power of God. We don't need more power. We need more gospel. We need more good news. It is the good news and the good tidings of what Jesus came to do. And we have to do that on God's terms. David lets the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, get away from him. How many of you know today we've allowed the presence of God to get away from us? I said we've allowed the presence of God to get away from us. We've allowed the presence of God to get away from us. America wants to know what's wrong with America. I tell you what's wrong with America. We've allowed the presence of God to get away from us. 
I said we've allowed the presence of God to get away from us. Because we've done what David did. David said, I value the presence of God. I, I, I love the presence of God. And, 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 and the Ark of the Covenant's been taken from us. Notice what happened. It, it goes into, I think his name's Obedidim. Why couldn't they just name people normal name? You know, like Jeff and Fred. And they got to give us a hard time. Well, it may not be difficult for you guys to pronounce it. Uh, but us Anglos, we struggle. You know, Ed and Fred's tough on us. I, I had to let Pastor, Pastor uh, Molina order just about in every restaurant, except we went to that steakhouse. I knew where to go. In Texas, Miami, Louisiana, Mississippi, prime rib is prime rib. Ribeye is ribeye in every single language native tongue. Ribeye. <laughs> but the Ark of the Covenant ends up in this guy's house. And the Bible says that, and while the presence of God rested in his house, everything that he did and everything that he was blessed. His cat started having twins. His wife started having triplets. Everything that existed in his house was blessed. Why? Because the presence of God was there. I'm telling you, if we would just allow the presence of God to show up and do what God wants to do, we wouldn't have to worry about the blessing of God because the presence of God brings the blessing of God. But you have to get the presence of God based on God's way of doing it, not based on man's way of doing it. And so it's there in Obed-Edom's house. David said, man, I see the blessing of God on this house. We've got to get this thing back to my house. And this is what he does. The Bible says, and so David, in 1 in, uh, Chronicles chapter 13, says, so they carried the ark of God, verse 7, on a new cart from the house. On a new cart. On a new cart. See, that's what we've done today in the church. We said, you know, the old cart just doesn't look as good. I'm still preaching. Yes, sir. The old way of doing it just doesn't look as attractive. We need to make this thing really appealing to the eye of men. So let's build God a new cart. Let me tell you something. God built the old cart, and the old with God's hand on it is much better with the new cart hands on it. Because when we start meddling in God's business and start trying to make it fit our agenda, we can make a mess of things in a heartbeat. And David said, we're going to make a new card. His intentions were good. David's intentions were good. But let me tell you, God doesn't measure us based on our intentions. He measures us according to the gospel. The gospel which produces the power of God in the house. So David builds a new cart. Going to do things a new way. It's going to look better, more appealing to the eye. And so they put the Ark of the Covenant on a new cart and took off with it. And all of a sudden, things got rocky. See, that's what happens when you start trying to do things your way. Things will get rocky. 
We think we're helping God and we're hurting ourselves. Things got rocky. And Yuza, I know who he is. I can always remember the guys that died harshly. It says that he decided to steady the ark of God. Folks, let me tell you something. We can't steady the presence of God. God doesn't need us to put our hands on the presence. Whoa, 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 whoa. Getting a little shaky here. I don't know if we can explain this. You know, people talk about Smith Wigglesworth and why he saw the things that he saw. He must have been an extraordinary man. Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber. Wasn't nothing extraordinary about a plumber. He was just a plumber. But a man that I know said that, that he asked, got to spend some time with Smith Wigglesworth, asked Brother Wigglesworth, said, Brother Wigglesworth, what makes you such a unique man of God? What is it that would cause God to put his hand on your life like he does? What is it that you do that gets God's attention? Brother Wigglesworth thought for a moment, said, well, you know, I, I really don't know. He said, well, what is the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning? He said, oh, well, that's easy. He said, I get out of bed and I spend the first 12 to 15 minutes every morning dancing before the Lord with all my might. He said, let me tell you, I'm not talking about slow dancing. I mean high speed dancing before the Lord. And he said, why in the world would you do that? He said, because whether I feel like it or not, when I get up and I go into this other room and I begin my day with worship before God in high-speed dancing because I decided to do it, I determined and I set in motion how I'm going to act and react to situations through the day. And a man that can't get his emotions under control will never get the devil under control. High-speed dancing. So here David decides they're going to take a, the presence of God on a new cart. And in the process, things get shaky. And when it gets shaky, user decides he's going to steady the ark of God. And the next thing that happens, he's a french fry. He turns into a crispy critter. Not a Krispy Kreme, a Krispy Critter. Because he steadied the ark of God. This is interesting what David does next. Then David's upset and he, he asks God to question now. I mean, there's a guy dead laying beside the ark and now he decides to ask God to question. God, how can I bring the ark of God back to the house? He should have asked that question first. But no, he wanted to do what in his mind looked right and make it easier. You don't get to follow the presence of God with ease. It won't always be easy. Why do you think Paul said fight the good fight of faith? Because you're going to have some fights. You know, we all want to quote the 
promises of God. Well, you know, the promises of God are to the redeemed of the Lord, and he promised salvation, he promised healing, he promised deliverance, he promised freedom, he pro- yes, he promised all those. Let me tell you another promise he promised. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. That is a promise of God. You will have tribulation. See, you don't get half the promises of God. You get all of them. And all of them means in this world you'll have tribulation. Just be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You don't get to exclude the ones that make us uncomfortable. I don't get to pick and choose which ones I want. No, all the promises of God are yea and amen forevermore. And so... He tries to steady the presence of God. God said, take your hands off of me. You can't steady me. I'm God. God, how do I get this thing back? He said, just like you always did. You put it on the shoulders of the priest. And you take those two old ugly poles that you don't like and put those poles on the ark and put it on the shoulders of the priest. And that's how you get the ark back to the house. You know why God intended God's purpose? The word glory means weightiness of God. God intended If we really want to walk in the glory of God, to get underneath the weightiness of it so we can feel the weight of his presence resting on our shoulders. And I'm telling you, till you feel the weightiness of the glory of God, till you feel the weight of his presence, people will never know it's resting on you. We only want to build a new cart so we can follow it. Like I told the college guys, I said, follow it at a distance. I won't be close enough to it so when it falls, I can say, man, I was in the glory of God tonight. But far enough away that if somebody points, oh, I don't know anything about that. But God said, if you're going to experience the glory of God, what I want, I want you to get up underneath it so that you can feel the weight of my presence on your shoulder so that you'll have to be identified with the glory of God all the time. That there'll be no separation. So David said, let's go, guys. (laughs) That would be one of those moments you probably wouldn't want to be one of those priests. Because you're looking at this dead cat beside this new wagon thinking, I'm not getting underneath that thing. There's a guy dead right now. That's like being a worshiper. Everybody wants to be on the worship team. But when children of Israel got ready to cross over Jordan, that first generation, they waited for Moses. But the second generation, the worshipers just stepped off in the Jordan and because their worship was so strong, when they stepped in, not waiting on God, they knew that when they went in with their worship, God was going to show up. That's one of those times you say, man, I'm glad they're on the worship team. Because the Bible says that the Jordan ran out of its banks during that season. The water was rough. See, we want, we want to position ourselves till things get shaken and, and we're not in control anymore. 
I don't know if I want to get underneath that thing. David said, get underneath it. Now, folks, let me tell you something. They had everything together perfect because if you go read the 12th chapter of the, of the book of First Chronicles, you'll find that every tribe had the best of men, the mightiest of men, the greatest warriors, the, the most integritable of men. All the, all the greats were in the, everything was in line except for one thing. They didn't do it the way God wanted them to do it. We can have everything mapped out and in line looking perfect in the church today in America. But if we decide not to do it the way God said do it, you can forget it. And there's a lot of churches today. Everything looks perfect on the outside. But not doing it God's way. And then wonder why God doesn't show up. Wonder why the blessing of the Lord is not on what they're doing. I know some of you sitting there going, I thought this was a word to our church. I'm getting there, just relax. I'm talking about the other churches right now, okay? Oh, I like to have fun when I go to church. Can't stand that stiff neck stuff. Pious religiosity. I'm going to have fun when I go to the house of God. So, he puts the ark underneath the shoulders of the priest and the worship team fires it up and they start singing worship. They begin to worship God. Not entertain, but worship God. What have I got, five minutes? And then notice what happens. And so, verse 10, 14, chapter 14, it says, and David inquired of God. Isn't it amazing after a guy drops dead, David starts asking all kinds of questions. <laughs> I mean, he gets inquisitive. And I, now, God, what would you do about this? And God, what should I do here? And, and God, what, what, what about the cockroaches in the temple? What, what, what do you suggest? See, all of a sudden, God becomes supreme wisdom and understanding. And David starts act, asking lots of questions and leaves his opinions to himself. And, and David inquired, saying, Shall I go up again against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hands. So they went up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them. Then David said, Write this down, because this is the word of the Lord to this house. God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of many waters. It didn't hit me until I came in here this morning and looked at the sign as to Living Springs. Like the breakthrough, like the breakthrough of many waters. See, Living Springs occurs when there's a breakthrough out of a side. See, water's entrapped in, in a spring until there's a breakthrough someplace 
and fresh water begins to flow out of that. It can be in the side of a mountain. It can be at the base of a mountain. It can be at the top of the mountain. But when the water begins to break through, suddenly there's a spring of living water that begins to flow. See, what God's called you to be in Miami is a breakthrough people. He's called you to be a church of breakthrough. A, a, a people who will break through where the enemy has been able to clog up things. You see, there are, there are people today, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. You cannot be a breakthrough people and be ashamed of the gospel. You can only be a breakthrough church when you are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And what God needs is a people not ashamed of the gospel, for those people will be people who are people of breakthrough that break through on the behalf of others. You see, many people have said, well, you know, alcoholism runs in my family. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My great-grandfather was an alcoholic. My granddaddy was an alcoholic. My daddy was an alcoholic. Therefore, it is the DNA of my life to be an alcoholic. I got news for you. Breakthrough people stand up and say, it doesn't matter what my great-grandfather was, my great-great-grandfather was, my great-great-great-grandfather was. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord and there may have been alcoholism that exists, but there is a new DNA that exists and I am breaking through that thing and I declare my house will serve God and not be affected. My children will not be affected. My children's children will not be affected. And the thing that's been a curse in my family line will stop today because I will be a man of breakthrough. See, what God's calling this house to be is a breakthrough house in Miami, Florida. Amen. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what has been in the past. It doesn't matter what existed before this church, Living Springs. It doesn't matter. All God's looking for is for somebody to not set the standard because the standard's already been set but rather to say, God, we will hold the standard that you have already set and we will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and salvation and you can count on us to carry the glory of your presence on our shoulders, not according to the new ways of man, but according to your ways because your ways are higher than my ways and I'm gonna do it your way so that we can break through our enemies and stop what the enemy has designed to bring destruction over. God just looking for somebody that's crazy enough to say, I'm going to be a breakthrough people, a breakthrough people. I'm going to be a breakthrough people. We're going to be a breakthrough family. I'm going to be a breakthrough dad. We're going to be a breakthrough church. Now let me tell you this. That'll cost you something. Because the Bible says that once they put the ark of God on those people's, the priest's shoulders. Something happened. If you go to 2 Samuel, it says that they would take six steps and stop build an altar, kill the calf, and they'd offer a sacrifice. And then they'd take six more steps and stop 
build another altar, kill the calf. That every six paces, they stopped, built an altar, and offered a sacrifice. Now, let me tell you what's interesting about that. If you do the math from where they left to where they ended up in David's house, it cost 3,000 animals their lives. Six paces, a sacrifice. Six paces, a sacrifice. Six paces, a sacrifice. We just want to give the man a sacrifice and let's get this thing in the house. No, no. No, no. No. See, it'll require something out of us to be a people that walk under the weightiness of the glory of God and are a breakthrough people for Miami. But what it costs you is nothing in relationship to the blessing that it brings back to you. Because the Bible says that everything that Obed-Edom enjoyed in his, when the presence of God showed up in his life, all of a sudden everything that he had and everything that he did was blessed. He became a breakthrough household, a breakthrough people. Like the breaking forth of many waters. The Bible says then, when they got the Ark of the Covenant back in the house, David pulled a Smith Wigglesworth. The Bible says that he danced, he danced before the Lord in his royal ephod. Now, for those of you that do not know fashion, what that means is, he danced before the Lord in his Michael Jordans. <laughs> I'm not talking basketball shorts. He danced high speed dancing before the Lord. And his wife comes out and says, How dare you embarrass me in the kingdom? over the ark of God. He said, lady, let me tell you something. I was serving God and following God long before you got here and I'm gonna be serving God and following God long after you're gone. But let's get one thing straight. When the presence of God shows up in my house, I'll be more vile than this and I don't care how it affects you because you're worried about your image. What I'm worried about is the presence of God and I'm not concerned about your image. And the Bible says, say the Bible says, the Bible says that her womb dried up, barren. Because she wasn't just despising David. She was despising the presence of God. Because the presence of God made David act crazy. The presence of God will make you act crazy. I said the presence of God will make you act a little foolish. I don't think you can stand in the presence of God when God shows up. And just go, that's nice to be in the presence of God. 
I don't believe that if God were to walk through there, we just kind of wait. Good to see you, God. Glad this morning. No, I believe that if God were to walk through here and we would see him with our eyes, and let me just say this, he's here whether you see him or not. But if we were to see him with our eyes, we'd do like those children did and those people did when he came in on that coat. We'd start breaking off palm branches. This would be a great place for it to happen too. Breaking off palm branches and laying them down, throwing our robe down here. Walk on my robe. Walk on my, walk, walk on anything you want to walk on because the king of glory has come in. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord strong, mighty in battle is he. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the everlasting God shall come in. See, if God shows up, the presence of God shows up, it'll cause you to act. It'll, you'll lose your reservedness. You'll lose your reservedness. Let me tell you what God, I believe God's wanting to do in this church. I saw it last night in the college. I, I told Pastor, that's an unusual group, and I don't mean weird. Oh, there may be some weird ones in there, <laughs> but I didn't see that. That's an unusual group of young people, because I've been around young people for 25 years of my life, and I've seen church youth groups that are there for the entertainment because that's what the church made available to them was entertainment. But that group last night, that was a group that was hungry to know God. And I'm telling you, when you're hungry to know God, he said, they that hunger and thirst, they that hunger and thirst. See, God doesn't meet every need. Oh, I know I'd freak your theology out. but he never despises hunger. The one thing that God always takes care of is hunger and thirsting after him. God didn't meet my need. Well, let me ask you this. How hungry are you? Because maybe you put your menu before your appetite. Well, I know the scripture says, my God shall supply all my needs. I'm not talking about that. I'm telling you, the one thing that God will not despise and will not reject is hunger and thirsting after righteousness. Hallelujah. God always, 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 always feels that. And that group has a hunger and a thirsting for righteousness. See, that's a great, that's a, that's a breakthrough. That's a breakthrough group. That's a group that God's laid his hands on and said, if you'll, if you'll let me, 
I'll break open the youth of Miami and it'll spread like a wildfire. See, revival's never been corporate. Revival's always, it always begins individually. It's always, it always, revival always starts individually and then begins, then it turns into corporate. There's never in the history of man been just a corporate revival where God just shows up and says, you know what? I'm just going to loose myself on this whole group because a bunch of heathens, they need me. No, it began because some young person got on their face before God and said, God, if I have to serve you by myself, I'm going to serve you by myself. But I'm not leaving this place until you touch me and until you reveal yourself to me and until I have an experience with you that I don't even know how to communicate. That's how revival begins. It's always individually first. And then it begins to spread and spread and spread and spread. You see, people may not know where Living Springs is today. But that's why he put in the word, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I do a new thing, saith the Lord. Oh, you didn't get that. That's why he put in the word, remember not the former thing. You see, those that don't know you today, a year from now, that'll be a former thing that you'll remember not because God is doing a new thing. Because I believe what God's wanting to do is blow this thing up. Thank you, brother. The Bible says if two of you shall agree on earth. One, two. So we're in agreement. Let me help you again. I'm, I'm almost through. Relax. I said, I believe God wants to blow this thing up. Hallelujah! Not just resting here where you're at today. I'm talking about blowing it up. You know, where, where, you, where you need uh, uh, the heat, where they play? Yeah, yeah. Where you need the American Airlines Center to have church. Woo! Hallelujah! So I, I, I don't know if I, well, why not? Why not? I said, why not? All God's looking for is for somebody who is not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. And trust me, pastor took me downtown Miami and there are some people that need righteousness and the power of God. God wants this place to be a breakthrough place. He wants you to be a people of breakthrough. Like the breaking forth of many waters. Wellspring to the city of Miami. A wellspring to the city of Miami. He said, despise not the day of small beginnings. It's a new season. It is a new season. Father, I thank you today for the word of the living God. 
I thank you, Father, that it is your heart for the weightiness of the presence and glory of God to rest on this house. It is your heart. You're rising, you're raising up a people, a people not ashamed of the gospel. It is your heart, Lord, to raise this house into a place that will not just touch neighborhoods, but will touch cities. Lord, God will be a, an, an example to others, to other churches, because of the righteousness that's revealed in this house. God, I pray that today would be a word that is received as a prophetic declaration. This is what the Lord has said about us. This is what God has declared over us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would seal in our hearts the word of the Lord, the word of truth. God, that we would be a people not ashamed, that we would begin to declare it not only with our mouths, but with our lifestyle, our character, how we walk, how we act, how we respond, how we tip. Everything that we do would reveal the glory of the Lord. Father, I believe you that you're expanding the place of influence. You're expanding, 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 expanding. You're expanding the place of influence. Lord, there are people in this building that have walked in a level, in a place, in a sphere of influence. It seems to be a sphere of great magnitude. But God, you're changing. You're changing their sphere from the sphere of the natural to the sphere of the supernatural. From a natural builder to a kingdom builder. course is changing the purpose being revealed with clarity 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 Father I thank you that substance because of the glory of God will never be an issue in this house substance and provision will never again be an issue because the glory of God that's being revealed in this house. Father, today, I just say, have your will. Have your will. Have your will. You're here today and you'd say, this morning, I make up my mind. I am going to be a man. I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to be a 
a college student, a, 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 a young man, a young woman that will be a person not ashamed of the gospel. I'll begin to deliver it and declare it like never before so that I might encounter the power of God every day of my I'm going to get underneath the weight of the glory of God that's you I want you to stand to your feet Father I thank you that your word says that we are unto our God kings and priests Lord, I thank you that the glory of God is being revealed. That this world will not just see a religious calisthenics any longer. God, that there are people just like these people who are saying, Lord, you can count on me. I surrender everything I have and I say that I'll get underneath the weight of the glory of God. And I'll no longer be a people. I'll refuse to be a people ashamed of the gospel. And I'll live and walk in the power of God. Father, I believe you that you're expanding, you're expanding, you're expanding, you're expanding, you're expanding these people, you're expanding this house, you're expanding this pastor and his family, you're expanding, Lord. You're saying lengthen the cords of your tent, drive deep the stakes. that the glory of the Lord would be revealed in us. The glory of the Lord be revealed in us.